Good morning. You guys all look good this morning. Thanks for uh, having me here this morning. Um, I'm going to start by prayer, because I always do whenever I speak anywhere, if that's okay. Uh, Father God, we just come to you in the mighty name of Jesus, um, thanking you for who you are, um, thanking you for waking us up this morning, for allowing us to have the movement of our arms and legs, for allowing us to be in the right mind, for allowing us to see the morning, for allowing us to even hear the worship that you've played before us on today. We thank you, Lord, that you've deemed us worthy to give us another day of life. And as I stand before your people today, I ask that um, none of me be present, all of you be present, and that the words that I say, Father God, are your words, and that they hear um, your scripture clearly. Plead the blood of Christ over this church, over every person under the sound of my voice, that you would just um, give them a spirit of peace, spirit of understanding, and just ears that are willing to hear what you have to say on this morning, Father God. We thank you for being our Lord and Savior. We thank you for what you've done so many years ago just so we could be here on today. And this morning, we just want to honor you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, amen. Um, so today we're sitting on a bunch of different uh, essential, important monuments. Uh, we have the Lord's Day. Obviously, it's Sunday. We have Father's Day for all the fathers in the house. And we also have this thing called Juneteenth. <clears throat> and Juneteenth is when a lot of African Americans actually come together and they celebrate for the emancipation of slavery um, that took place in 19, 1865. So a lot of African Americans today are celebrating this thing they call Juneteenth, June 19th. Um, this morning, we're going to turn our Bible to Galatians chapter 2, and I'm going to talk to you briefly about the exoneration of faith. If you uh, have your Bibles and care to follow along, it's Galatians chapter 2, and we're going to start at um, verse 15. Galatians 2, Galatians chapter 2, and we're going to start at verse 15. We're going to go from Galatians 2, 15 to 21, and I'll begin reading. We who are Jews by nature and not sinners of the Gentiles, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Christ Jesus that we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law, no flesh shall be justified. But if, while we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves also are found sinners, is Christ therefore a minister of sin? Certainly not. For if I build again those things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. For I, through the law, died to the law, 
that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died in vain. This is the word of God. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. Knowing that a woman is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. Knowing that children are not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. I want to talk this morning about the exoneration of faith. Faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is that which we hold on to as a people, and important enough that it appears 231 times in the Bible. Faith is our propitiation and exoneration and our reconciliation with God. Do you believe in God on this morning? And you justify your relationship with him based on what you do or what he has done. Is it by faith or is it by law? We enter this text in the midst of an argument already in progress. Two Christians come from two different perspectives on the relationship with God. One claims that the law is a vital factor, while another claims that faith is the only factor. You know these two men to be Peter and Paul. Peter has visited Antioch and began eating with some of the Gentiles. But then when other believers showed up who believed that the law was the way, he stopped eating with the Gentiles and kind of acted like he didn't know who they were at all. Has that ever happened to anybody in here before? When you have a group of friends around you but then their friends show up, and then they act like they don't know who you are anymore. You are no longer important. You are no longer a value because a new set of friends or an old set of friends is now on the scene. Uh, where I'm from, they say you're acting brand new, like you had no idea what was going on. And this is exactly what is taking place in the text. So Peter seems to be doing the opposite of what he believed and knew to be true. And by his actions, he's actually making a public statement and declaration on behalf of what he's believing to be true. Paul shows up and calls out Peter and makes a public declaration for the case of the exoneration of faith. Knowing that people are not justified by the works of law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. Paul preached that the relationship with Christ was based on faith in Christ and not on the persuasion of how well people were able to keep the law. Faith can be liberating. Faith can be encouraging. And faith can produce results beyond our wildest understanding. Faith has been known to move mountains. 
it has been known to heal and to demonstrate the power of God in a way that surpasses our own understanding. The law can be a helpful guideline as far as how we live our lives, but the law can also be something that is very um, damaging, very abusive, very crushing, especially in the form of legalism. It can be a weight that we cannot bear on our own. Anybody ever understood or experienced what that means today? See, in this text, the law is used in a legalistic sense. It is seen as diversive. You have two groups of believers who are now divided because of how the law is set up. You have one group that is favored over the other group. You have one that is living in perceived blessings privilege and favor, while the other is perceived as living outside of grace and outside of a relationship with God. For me, it sounds a lot like what I can see in the world today. When I reflect on a young man named Trayvon Martin, who was killed in Florida by a man named George Zimmerman not too long ago, and Zimmerman was protected by the law because of a law called stand your ground. This law enables someone when they feel threatened to stand and to fight to the cause of death without running uh, and take the other person's life if deemed threatened or necessary. And I can only imagine for the parents of Trayvon, this law may have seemed to favor one group over the other. A few weeks ago in Pasadena, a woman named Jasmine was arrested. She was convicted of felony lynching and sentenced to 90 days in jail and three years probation. Jasmine is unique because she was trying to rescue a friend from police custody, but she was also someone involved in the Black Lives Matter movement. A black woman by the name of Jackie Lacey was her prosecutor. And Jackie Lacey argues that Black Lives Matter is just about as violent and just about as uh, damaging as the KKK is, a terrorist organization that we all know and familiar with. So on one side of this, this case, you have a black woman who is fighting for Black Lives Matter. And on the other side of this case, you have a black woman who's saying Black Lives Matter is evil. And in this situation, it appeared to me the only thing dividing them was law. The law appeared to be divisive. Also recently, the law could not prevent or respond in time enough to stop the tragedy that we all witnessed against the LGBT community in Orlando, Florida, where 49 people were shot and killed. We witnessed faith demonstrated when nine black Americans were in historic black church in the South. And while engaged in prayer, a young white man, 21 years old, named Dylan, walked in and took the lives of the people present. Some reports say that the people who were in the church at the time stood and continued to pray as Dylan shot them. We witnessed faith again when Dylan stood trial, and the victims of the family got up and extended to him forgiveness. One by one, they forgave him. They prayed for him. They 
pledged their friendship to him. They told him about a God that loved him. What kind of faith would move you to extend grace to a young man who walked into a church and murdered a family member of yours? People have asked me often, with all that's taking place in the world around me, how do I make it? With the way the world treats communities, with the way the gospel I believe in is continually abused, what is it that motivates me to continue on to live this lifestyle? Especially when so many others have given up and walked away from the faith. And my answer is only faith in Jesus Christ. Because I understand that long ago, while I was yet still a sinner, a man came into the world. He was born, and he died upon a cross for my sins. A man was beaten, he was mocked, he was spit upon, he was whipped, and he was hanged, all because the law couldn't save me. According to the law, I wouldn't even qualify to be anywhere near Christ or have a relationship with him. Paul's thrust in this message is that humans, white, black, Latino, Asian, Indian, male, women, LGBT, children, humans are exonerated, not through obeying the law, but through the faithfulness of Jesus Christ. It's not about what we have done. It's not about what we could do. But it's about what Christ has done through his burial, death, and resurrection. There, this in no way means that uh, we abandon the law. Because if we abandon the law, then there are no boundaries. If there are no boundaries, then we once again go back to living in sin and being sinners. And some may believe that Christ encourages sin because he takes away the law. And that is a complete deception. The law should not be abolished, but should be used as a guideline for how we live our lives versus rules that are simply controlling. Exoneration means officially absolving someone from blame. It means vindication. It means redemption. It means justification. Basically, you are no longer guilty. Stop beating yourselves up because you feel like you cannot meet the requirements. You cannot meet the standards. That you are unable to bear the weight that has been placed upon you. So many times we beat ourselves up. We harm ourselves. We just are so judgmental on ourselves because we're trying to justify our relationship with Christ based on the law. When Jesus simply says, my grace and faith is sufficient. Honoration places and proclaims this morning that everyone here under the sound of my voice is free from bondage. Because a cost has been paid for you already before you even entered into this world. Jesus Christ's death on the cross is that which has been paid for you. And instead of trying to perfectly obey every rule, perfectly obey every commandment, 
and every fraction, all you are required to do is simply believe in Christ. Knowing that a person is not justified by works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. One of the key things that Paul wants to talk about in this scripture that the Bible brings us to is that we spend way too much time living in legalism. Jesus Christ came, was born, and died on the cross for all of us in this room. There was no kind of prerequisite for that. There's no kind of rules that you have to live upon for that. There is no kind of, uh, you know, you go to a job, you have these particular things you have to fit into to qualify. Jesus has no qualifications but grace and but faith. Amen. So the question on this morning is, do you believe? Do you have faith? When we evaluate our own relationships this morning, are you trying to make yourself fit with God based on what you do, based on what the Bible says you're doing? Do you have a checklist of commandments that you have to run through every single day to feel like you're valuable, to feel like you're worth something to the Lord? When the Lord is saying, all you need to do is have faith and believe in me. Knowing that a person is not justified by works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. Person is not justified by works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. One more time, because I want you to really understand what I'm trying to tell you this morning. A person is not justified by works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. The only thing you need this morning is faith in Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what you have not done. The only thing that matters this morning is you're having faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. Yes.